Good morning. Good to see everybody here today. I want to thank everybody coming to church today. I want to thank everybody that's watching us online right now. Thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right, real quick, uh, I want to thank Pastor uh, Mike and Pastor Ben uh, for holding it down the last couple weeks here, uh, bringing uh, two amazing words as I can get some R&R so I can get some rest. And so here's here's how here's the deal. Okay, you're in trouble when I get one week off and I come back. But when I get two weeks off, you're in really big trouble. Okay, so just want to warn you this morning uh, before we get into our series today. I just want to brag on our church and say, man, you guys have done such a great job uh, of stepping into our serving teams. Man, thank you so much. We've had over 50 people since Impact Sunday uh, sign up and go through Growth Track. Come on, go through Growth Track. And so, man, thank you for taking your next steps. If you haven't gotten an email yet, uh, either it's in your junk folder or we have a bad email. And so if you haven't got an email yet, please go and, and give us a better email uh, or one that we can read uh, at the Welcome Center. That would help us out a lot because we want to get you connected uh, into your next steps here at Passionate Life Church. Okay, awesome. We are in a new series today called Victory. And man, I'm so excited about this series. I'm so excited because I believe it's really timely. Uh, I believe that it's going to be a really encouraging series for us as a church. Um, as we, man, we need victory. We need to know that we have victory with everything that is going on in our world today. We need to know that victory is here. Amen. Jesus has already won the war. But that doesn't mean we can opt out of the battle. Jesus already won the war 2,000 years ago. We're going to talk about it in a couple weeks at Easter, right? Resurrection Sunday. Jesus has already won the war. The war over what? Over sin and death. He's already done the heavy lifting. But that doesn't allow us to opt out of the battle. Let me give you the Greek word for victory, and then we'll, we'll pray this morning. The Greek word for victory is tushawa, which means deliverance and salvation. Means deliverance and salvation. And I'll be referring back to this definition probably throughout the series. Understanding that victory, that if you are saved today, okay, if you have confessed with yourself, believed in your heart, and you are saved, you have victory. Okay, that your salvation, that your acceptance of Jesus equals living a victorious life. And so we're going to be talking about three keys to victory today. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. This is your moment, God. I thank you for every person that is in this room today. You have called them by name. It is not a mistake that they're here today. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd open our hearts. You would open our minds to your eternal word today, God, that you would do what you want to do today. God, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd get me out of the way, none of me and all of you. In Jesus' name, And everybody said, amen and amen. All right, point number one, three keys to victory. Point number one, we are in a battle for everything. We are in a battle for everything. There is a battle raging for your thoughts. There's a battle raging for your actions. 
for your time, for your money, for your relationships, for your marriage, for your family, for your kids. There is a battle for Everything. There's, there, there, there's a battle when you walk into work, right? There, there's a battle when you're with your family and your friends. There is a battle for everything. Can you imagine fighting a professional boxer or a professional UFC fighter? Okay? Most of you have no fight training, okay? It would be ugly, okay, right? Now, can you imagine fighting a professional boxer or a professional UFC fighter and not knowing that you're fighting them? (laughs) 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 Ah, 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 I submit, I submit. How quickly would you get knocked out or submitted? We have thousands maybe even millions of Christians in our country today that have no clue that they're in a battle. And they wonder why they're getting knocked out and submitted by the enemy. The first step to victory today is knowing that we are in a battle. Yes, the war has already been won, but we can't opt out of the battle. And if you're not in a battle today, wait for tomorrow. We have to understand we're in a battle for everything. We have a real enemy who is fighting against us. The Apostle Paul does a great job of framing this. And I don't know if I'm going to read this scripture every single week, but we will reference it probably every single week. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Let's read it today. A final word. Be strong in your own strength. No, that's not what I said, okay? Be strong in the Lord. Maybe you're not experiencing victory today because you're trying to do it on your own strength. You just be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Not your power, but God's mighty power. Put on all. Listen, the Greek word for all means all. Put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Did you know that the devil has a strategy for your life? He has schemes for your life. I, uh, I coach fifth grade basketball with my brother. And uh, we're pretty serious about it. And uh, when playoff time comes, we get film on the other team. Seriously, we do. I'm like calling around. And we get film on the other team. We watch the team. And and man, if they full court press, we're creating a a strategy to beat the full court press. If they run a zone defense, we're creating an offense to beat the zone defense. Okay? We're we're creating a strategy to become victorious, to, to win. Okay? If I'm doing this with my fifth grade basketball team, What do you think the devil is doing towards our lives? Towards our relationships, towards our marriage, towards our kids. He has a strategy for our life that we need to be aware of. And and, and what I I love about this this passage is that 
the Apostle Paul says, put on all the armor, not just some of the armor. He says, put on all the armor. Why? Many times Satan will attack the places in our life in the areas where we aren't putting the armor on. Many times he'll wait and strategize for us not to put on that piece of armor, and that's where he loves to attack. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We don't have time to go through all of this in detail, but the Apostle Paul is showing us, hey, we have a real enemy, and there's different types of enemy, but they all work for the devil, and they're all scheming against our lives. Let's continue. Therefore, put on every piece. Come on. Anytime we see in Scripture something being repeated like a paragraph later, it's something important that we should take note of. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. So when's the time of evil? When's the time of evil? Now, right? Like, is there anybody that doesn't think, you know what, I think things are going well, Pastor. Like, our country is just really on the right track, and, and our public school systems are just wonderful and great, and, and they're flourishing, and just... But no, nobody says that, right? Like, nobody is saying that. Everybody, even the people that are doing the evil, they're, they're calling good evil and, and evil good, right? Like, and so everybody is saying, hey, this is the time of evil, right? And so we are in that time today. Then, I love this, after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground. That is an important word for us today as the church, as followers of Jesus, those who hold true to the word of God, to stand your ground. Israel, this week, I don't know if you saw it in the news, but they, uh, they're trying to pass a law. They haven't passed it yet, but they proposed a law okay, to outlaw people talking about Jesus in their country. Basically evangelism. You can't, they want to outlaw evangelism in Israel. And you, you go back to the Old Testament and you see chapters and chapters and books and books about how Israel is being stupid, okay? They're being stupid again, okay? Like, and, and guys, and it's happening in Canada. We need to get in practice of standing our ground before it gets really hard. Like, we, the world is really good about standing firm in the stuff that they believe. But for some reason, us as Christians, we think that loving someone is not saying anything to them. And standing firm is part of us speaking truth in love. And the issue, and, and this is where the struggle comes in, is that we don't have to approve of someone's lifestyle to love them. Like love and approval are not the same thing, okay? You, you can love someone and not approve of their lifestyle. Like God doesn't approve of everything we do, right? But he still loves us. 
Okay, and so we have to get in practice now before real persecution takes place in our country. And we've seen through, through the pandemic and all that, like, man, you can get squeezed. You can lose your job. You can lose your livelihood. You can lose friends, family members. You, you, like we, we've seen what real persecution can do to your life. And so we have to get in practice of standing our ground in our marriage, standing our ground in our friendships, standing our ground in school, standing our ground in the workplace, standing our ground on social media, which might not be the best place to argue with somebody, but standing our ground, putting on the belt of truth, and the body armor of God's righteousness for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Let's continue. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation. Come on, put on salvation. What we just saw uh, in the beginning of the message is that this salvation word can also mean deliverance and victory. And so what the Apostle Paul is saying, I need you to put victory on today. I need you to put the helmet of victory on today. Come on, I'm going to put it on. You didn't think I was going to put it on? I was worried about putting it on because I didn't want to mess up my hair. But, But I love you enough. To drive home a point, okay? Because on Monday when you wake up to go to work, I want you to visualize putting victory on. Doesn't matter what happens today at work or what happens with your neighbor or your family. I've got victory on today. My hair look okay? We can't experience victory in our daily lives if we're not wearing the helmet and we're not putting it on. And we think, ah, I'm just fine. I'll just go through my day today. Come on, we got to put on the helmet today. We got to put on salvation today and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers every day. Where? Key number one is to know we're in a battle. We we have to be aware that we're in a battle. Again, we will get knocked out so quickly. We will get so submitted by the enemy so quickly if we don't believe that there isn't a real entity, a real spirit that is trying to destroy our lives. First key to victory, understanding that we are in a battle. Second key to victory, trust that God will bring the victory. Trust that God will bring the victory. It's not our victory, it's 
God's victory. And because it's God's victory, and because it's, it's God's helmet that we're putting on, that, that Jesus died for, right? He did all the heavy lifting. It's because of him that we can be saved. It's because of Jesus we can put on a helmet of salvation. So it's not our victory. It's not by our power. It's not by our might. It's by the grace that we receive from the cross that Jesus hung on that we can have victory. Victory over what? Everything. Everything. Here's the thing about a battle, okay? Battles do not have time limits. Okay? Battles aren't like, they don't have rounds. They don't have quarters. They don't have halves. Battles have no time limits. Okay, so there there are times, and, and I love this that that this word uh, for victory is salvation, but it's also deliverance. And so there are things in your life where you will be delivered, you will be set free, you will be healed from instantly by God. And that happens every single week in the prayer cove. I'm telling you, every single week, man, God is moving. People are being set free. People are being healed. But then there's there's times. That the battle isn't won immediately. And that we've got to persevere. We've got to endure. And we've got to constantly continue to go before the Lord. Don and I, for 10 years, 10 years, some of you are like, oh Lord. For 10 years, we prayed that God would heal her back. When she was a teenager, she got into a horrific car accident that messed her back up. And she, about two or three times a year, she would completely throw her back out and she would be bedridden for days. It's horrible. Every day we would pray, God, heal her back. Heal her back every single day. And then after sometime around 10 years, God completely healed her back. I don't know. Listen, I don't know why some battles take longer to win and, and some don't, but God is asking us to persevere and endure through every single battle, because listen, my prayers couldn't heal Dawn. Okay, your prayers can't heal anyone. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that heals and delivers and set free. We're just used as instruments to be used as vessels for the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the pressure is not on us to do to do the, the saving or, or, or the healing. You know, God is just asking us to stand our ground, to, to be bold, to invite people to church, to, 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 to pray with people. You know, that's what God is. Just stand your, your ground and God will do the heavy lifting. We just have to trust that God is going to bring the victory. Psalms 20, 5 through 7. May we shout for joy over your victory. Okay? It's God's victory. And lift up our banner in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now this I know. The Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with victorious power of his right hand. Church, he doesn't even need his left hand. Okay. One hand. Anything you're going through. Whoop. Yeah. Right hand. Doesn't even need his left. That's how powerful God is. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. Today's version, some trust in their money and their career, right? Put anything in that place other than trusting in God that you might be trusting in today. Some trust in chariots, 
some, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Because He's the one that does the saving. He's the one that does the delivering. He's the one that does the healing. We're, we're just used as vessels, as instruments to, to, to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. Proverbs 21, 30-31. No human wisdom or understanding or plan can stand against the Lord. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. Whatever you're going through today, the victory belongs to the Lord. The battle that you're in today, the thing that you're struggling with today, the battle belongs to the Lord. We have to trust, no matter how long you've been praying for that one thing or two things, the battle belongs to the Lord. The victory belongs to the Lord. First key, knowing we're in a battle. Second key, we have to trust the Lord. It's not our strength. It's God's strength that's going to see us through. Third key to the victory, we're going to spend the most time on this one, and that is prepare and be watchful for attacks. Okay, Knowing that you're in a battle is really important, but also preparing and being watchful for attacks is also very important, right? And so that last passage of Scripture talks about the horse, and this is like a type and shadow of a spiritual battle that we're fighting. The horse is prepared for battle. Okay, right? The horse is prepared for battle. And what's interesting about this is there were no horses in Israel before Solomon. And he actually imported them in for, from Egypt. And they didn't use them for farming or agriculture or anything like that. They were specifically used for war. They were war horses that he was bringing. And so as you prepare the horse, right, you're preparing it for battle. And so the horse is the instrument used to run into battle. Okay? Just like our minds must be prepared for battle because our thoughts are what comes under attack first. So just like the horse is used to, to run into battle, our minds are the first thing that runs into battle, right? And, and this makes sense why if we want victory, we've got to wear a helmet. We've got to wear a helmet of victory. We've got to wear a helmet of salvation and deliverance because the enemy is going to be attacking our minds first. Because our minds is what, our thoughts is what, what goes into battle first. And so if our minds are not protected, we are open season to the devil. If we are not protecting what we're watching or listening to, we are open season for the devil. Listen, the mind must be prepared against temptation. The mind must be prepared against temptation. But we also have to stop running into temptation. Many of you know my story. I was a, uh, an alcoholic and a drug addict for about seven years. And, and when I gave my life to Christ, he immediately delivered me from the desire of ever drinking and doing drugs again. Okay, completely, supernaturally delivered me from the desire to do those things. But the temptation never went away. And, and I think that's where some of us, we misunderstand when we get delivered or we get healed, we get set free from something, 
The desire is gone. God has removed it. You've got victory in that area. But that doesn't mean the devil is not going to come after you. That that, that doesn't mean that temptation is just going to disappear. Jesus was tempted. Okay, if Jesus is tempted, we are going to be tempted also. And so we have to be aware that we might be walking into temptation ourselves. For years, and, and this was even while I was a, you know, was a pastor. For years, I would drive by liquor stores, and the liquor store would talk to me. Or sometimes I would just go by the, I would go, I would walk down the alcohol aisle in the supermarket just to walk by, just to hear hear the alcohol talk to me. And I don't know if you know this, but there are times where being a pastor can be stressful. And, you know, a lot of times we're, we're walking through really hard things with people, some of the lowest moments of their life, and so it can be heavy. And, and I have one of those days, and driving by a liquor store, and the liquor store would talk to me and say, hey, you, you can just come, and, and nobody will know. You can have some liquor, and, and you can go drink it, uh, you know, in your shed. Like, oh. And, listen, I have free will to turn into a liquor store and buy liquor. Listen, the temptation is always going to be there. The desire is removed, but the temptation is always going to be there. But I kept driving by the liquor store. I kept walking by the, the alcohol aisle. Because I, I don't want to open up temptation in my life again. Like I, This is why we don't have alcohol in our house. I just don't want that temptation in my life ever again. Guys, we have to be aware that there are some places in our life that we are weak at. And we need, listen, if you struggle with drinking, stop going to the bar. That's right. I don't know why I can't stop drinking. I know I go to happy hour every day, but I just. Uh, I used to be a pothead, like wake and bake type pothead. Um, first service, got it. You, I mean, you guys are much better None of you smoke pot or do drugs here in second service. And so I really enjoyed marijuana. And uh, when weed became legal here, I was really fascinated. I was really curious. And like, so it's legal? Like you just go in and you just buy, you just pick what you want? Like that's, that's crazy. Like I always deal with some shady drug dealer. Like this is crazy. You know? And I really, I was, I really wanted to go. And I was driving on Broadway and there's like 75 of them on Broadway. And uh, I was driving and I really wanted to go in. I really wanted to, just to see, you know, the edibles and, and the different kinds of weed. And, and it's kind of how the whole thing works. And, uh, and, and I was driving by one and I was getting ready to pull in. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, that is not for you. Like, oh, but Lord, just want to see. He's like, you just, you just want to see how tempting it is? You, you just want to walk into temptation? And, and, and then, then he spoke to me and he said, what if someone from your church walks in and you're in there? What are you going to say to him? Pastor, what's up? What are you doing here? Oh, I'm just looking. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure, Pastor. It's not worth, some of the things are not worth losing our testimony. Some of you, 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 you cry 
about being in bad relationship after bad relationship. And the issue is, is that you keep picking the wrong people, okay? And you're not letting God pick your person. And I don't know why you think about me. Stop picking. Stop. It's temptation for you, right? And, and you, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to go before you and get victory in that relationship area and then and, and stop worrying about it and stop stressing about it. God has someone for you. If that is a desire of your heart, he will bring someone for you that fits you. We've got to stop walking into temptation. Okay? We're in a battle. Satan will use everything and anything to open that, that, to try to get a foothold in our lives. James 1, 12 through 16 says this. God blesses those who patiently endure. Sometimes the battle needs, we need to be patiently endure in the battle because there's no time limits. Testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Guys, let me tell you, the future glory that we're going to experience in heaven for eternity with God. I mean, the stuff that we go through is so tiny. The suffering and the struggle is so tiny compared to the, the future glory and getting a crown placed on our head and just experiencing the fullness of God's love and, and everything that he has in store for us. Man, the future glory is so much better than, than, than the small, difficult things that we struggle with here on earth. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. Don't blame God for your sin, basically, okay? God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. It's not God's fault. Whatever you're going through today is not, is not his fault, okay? Don't blame him for your struggles, especially if you're walking into temptation and you're not doing anything to resist temptation, and you just want to blame God. Well, God, no, it's not God's fault. He doesn't, he doesn't tempt anyone to do wrong, okay? Let's continue. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Okay, so here's enemy number two, okay? Enemy number one is the devil and all his principalities and his powers of the air, okay, that are strategizing against us. Enemy number two is you. Our flesh is an enemy. Our flesh doesn't want to do good things. Our flesh doesn't want to go to church. Our flesh wants to sleep in on Sunday. Our flesh doesn't want to volunteer or serve. Our flesh doesn't want to tithe. Our flesh doesn't want to read the Bible. Our flesh doesn't want to pray. Our flesh doesn't want to tell somebody about Jesus. Like, our flesh is an enemy to the Spirit. And, 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 and James says, look, our flesh wants to drag us away. I, 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 I don't know why I think of this. But you, you know, the caveman where they, they would club the woman and then just kind of drag him away. Like, if you don't know that you're in a battle, that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to club you. If you don't know that your flesh is an enemy, your flesh is going to club you on the head and drag you away from the things of God. 
And if you are not careful, you can wake up one day and be really far from God. If you're not careful and not paying attention, you can wake up and not have attended church in six months. If you're not careful, if you don't pay attention, you can wake up one day and not have opened up your Bible in a year. Why? Because our flesh doesn't want to do those things. Our flesh is an enemy to the things of God. And so not only do we have enemy number one, which is the devil, we have enemy number two, which is our flesh. We've got to be aware, hey, my flesh doesn't want to go to church today. My flesh doesn't want to pray. My flesh doesn't want to read the Bible. Understand that, man, our flesh wants to drag us away from the things of God. These desires give birth to sinful action. So when you give into temptation and, and, and you give into these sinful desires of our flesh, what can happen is they can lead to sinful actions. Again, they start with the mind, right? They, they start many times with, with, with a thought. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. When sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Well, what kind of death? Is it, is it metaphorical? No, no, no. It's real death. Right? If we let our flesh go unchecked, it'll lead us to emotional death. It'll lead us, lead us to spiritual death. It'll lead us to physical death. Like Our flesh just wants things that feel good instantaneously. And Satan encourages are us to give into our flesh and the things of this world and to feel good instantly and, and, and pleasures of this world, just do it, right? They're, they're just... And if we, we let sin hang around, it will grow and lead to death. And I've talked about this before. There's a difference between struggling with sin, okay, and repenting and practicing sin, Okay. There's a difference uh, because we all struggle with sin. Okay, nobody's perfect. Okay, the last person that was perfect, perfect was nailed to a cross. Okay, we all struggle with sin. Okay, we're all we're all dealing it. We're we're all repenting. We're all trying to get closer uh, to Jesus every single day. But it's it's when we practice sin when we don't we don't care that we're sinning. The big lie today is and. Unfortunately, this is being preached from, from stages and pulpits all across America is that many churches are afraid to even talk about sin, okay? And, and, and this is what Satan does, is he takes, he takes scriptures from this, 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 this Bible and says, oh, no, 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 that, that's not culturally relevant to your situation today. And so you don't have to listen to that scripture. Okay, and, and some of you are like, Pastor, why do, you, why do you bang on homosexuality so much? Okay, it just seems like you, you just bang on it. It's because our culture is banging on it, okay? Everywhere, you, you, you can't even watch a commercial without homosexuality being in your face. And listen, yes, we love people that, that are in that lifestyle, but we don't have to approve of their actions to love them. And we certainly don't have to back down to what the Word of God says. 
And, and so we've just been being bombarded. And then there's just churches that are just like, well, it just makes people feel bad, so we don't talk about it. Really? Like, like well, we're going to come into a time where we're, man, God is asking us to stand firm on what? On everything. On everything. And, then, and because, guys, listen, because the church and, and, and Christians in a whole haven't stand firm in this issue, it's, now it's rampant. Growing up, I mean, never heard, barely anything was on television 20, 25 years ago about homosexuality. Now we have transgenderism where, where they're, they're leading children into just abomination of just their, their, their minds and they're, they're ruining children's life. And this is what Satan does. When he lets sin, and, and, and the biggest lie is that what you're doing isn't a sin. Right? That, that's the biggest lie. No, 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 homosexuality is not a sin. Okay, so you can do it, right? Oh, if it's not a sin, then how much worse is their life going to be if they don't realize what they're doing is wrong and there's no repentance for that sin? And if we're not preaching it from the pulpit, man, what, what chance do, do, do people have? And so church as Christians, like we can tell people in love, hey, look, this is what I believe. Marriage is between a man and a woman, okay? That's how God created it. He didn't create 45 different genders, okay? It's a man, a woman, okay? And you don't get to choose. You're born that way. But what's happening in our society is because we've backed off. Right? We, we didn't stand our ground. And so now it's rampant and it's everywhere. Church, we, we, listen, we can stand in truth and love. We don't have to be mean. We don't have to be nasty about it. Okay? We can, we can stand in truth and love and love people to Jesus. Because it's Jesus is the one that's going to be doing the deliverance. Okay? And we've had people in this church get, get delivered from that and set free from that. But it's because we talk about it. Right? It's because we, we have healthy conversations about it. If we never talked about it and just pretend it didn't exist, right? This is exactly what Satan wants to do in our lives. Pretend that whatever we're doing isn't a sin. The lust that you have in your heart and your mind, oh, that's not a sin. Everybody lusts. It's fine. Oh, the anxiety that you're feeling. Everybody feels anxious. I mean, look at the world. You know, take some pills. You know, you're like, depression, oh, everybody's depressed. I mean, look at our world. Just take some drugs. It'll be fine. Right? No. Like, Jesus didn't die on the cross for our sins so we could just be, just be okay with our sin. Guys, guys, living in anxiety is a sin. Guys, living in depression is a sin. Self-medicating with alcohol and drugs is a sin. Now you can't tell me, well, why are you just banging on homosexuality? No, I'm banging on all of sins. Why? Because I don't want you to be led to death in any year. I want you to bring life. Jesus brings life. He brings victory. You can give victory over your anxiety. You can give victory over your depression. How do I know that? Because Jesus is undefeated. He's victorious. Well, in what thing? All things. 
all things. Guys, he has power in his right hand to remove everything that we struggle with. Everything. We've got to stop watering down the word of God. We've got to stop watering down the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we don't say certain things, go, oh, no, well, offend somebody. If we don't stand firm, we're not going to experience the miracles that God has in store for us. It's in that standing firm that God, man, it, because when, when you stand firm, you're standing firm on his faith. It's, it's when you stand firm on that faith that God do, does supernatural things. Let's continue. Matthew 26, 41. Jesus says this, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Temptation is coming. When? I don't know. Every day? Every hour? Every minute? Every second? Like it's, it's coming. We got to be aware that temptation's coming. From who? From me? And from the devil? For the Spirit is willing. Man, the Holy Spirit that's in us is so willing to lead us to life, to lead us to victory. But the body is weak. Jesus just called them weak. He called them weaklings. And this, the context is they kept falling asleep. They couldn't pray. Okay? They couldn't pray. Even in Jesus sweating drops of blood, and they're just like, I just can't stay awake. You know? Sorry. Right? Like Jesus like, man, we're, we're weak, and we, we have to, and this is what the Apostle Paul says, like, acknowledge I'm weak. My flesh is weak. My flesh is bad. My, my flesh wants to do bad things. Okay? And begin that, I become strong because I lean on the Holy Spirit for everything. I become completely, I, I completely, all my trust is in God because I can't overcome my addiction on my own strength. I can't overcome my habitual sin on my own strength. I can't gain victory from being more self-disciplined. I can only gain victory by leaning into the power of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 2.18 Because Jesus himself suffered. Sometimes the battle is going to feel like suffering. Sometimes the temptation is going to feel like suffering. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, Jesus is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus wants to help you with whatever. Blank. He wants to help you. Whatever your deal is, whatever your struggle is, Jesus wants to help you. Why? Because he died on the cross to help us with everything. Because our flesh is weak, but he is strong. Let's finish with this passage here. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I love this. This is so matter of fact. The temptation. He doesn't say, well, you know, sometimes when temptation comes or, or, you know, whenever you're weak or having a bad day, temptation sweeps in. No, no, no. He says the temptation, okay? Which means it's going to be there all of the time. The temptations, not just one, many. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experienced. Okay, this is the big lie from the enemy that you are alone in whatever you're struggling with today. You're the only one who's ever struggled with that thing in the whole world. 
So nobody will understand what you're dealing with. This is the big lie from the enemy that you're all alone. Because why? Because he wants to keep you isolated. He wants to keep you alone in your sin. He wants you to feel like there's no way to get victory in whatever you're struggling with today. Okay, listen. You're not going through anything different than anybody else has gone through in human history. Okay? Jesus has already died for what you're, you're going through currently or what you've gone through or what you're going to go through. I love this next sentence. God is Faithful, period. He's faithful. He's faithful to overcome, help you overcome. He is faithful to heal your marriage. He is faithful to heal your family. He is faithful to, to, to give you a career and a job that you love. He is faithful to heal you. He is faithful. You Man, he wants you to experience victory. In every area of your life. Why? Because he's faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, when you are tempted, not if you're tempted or sometimes, no, no, no. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. I truly believe today. You're, for some of you today, your way out is the prayer code today. Some of you have been struggling and you've been battling by yourself. And there's just something powerful about inviting someone into your battle. There are some battles that, that you can have all the self-discipline. You, 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 can have, uh, you can have all the self-discipline in the world. But you can't defeat that thing because you just need someone to, to come alongside of you and battle with you. It's not a solo battle. There's some things in your life that you can, man, you and Jesus, you can overcome. Absolutely. But there are certain things, and maybe it's generational things, or maybe it's things that just you, that have a hold of you for, for, for multiple years and you just can't kick it. Those things, you need to invite someone into the battle with you today. And you need to find a way out. Your way out is having someone pray with you, inviting the power of the Holy Spirit into that situation, and you getting delivered from that thing in Jesus' name. Guys, don't try and fight on your own strength. Don't try to fight by yourself. This is why God created the church, so we can battle for one another. So we can fight for one another. So we can help each other stand. And even, even Moses needed help to keep his arms up. Like, man, there's some days where, man, you can't keep your arms up. There's just some days, that, that some weeks that you're just struggling. And, and it's because you need someone to come alongside of you and pray with you and battle with you. Guys, today's your moment. Today's your moment. To find your way out. Invite someone in that struggle with you. Come on. We have got the keys to victory. If you are saved today, come on. Put your helmet on. Put your helmet on every single day. Victory is here. Deliverance 
is here. Salvation is here today. Let's bow our heads. Close your eyes this morning. First things first. Maybe you would say today, Pastor, I've never put a helmet of salvation on. I've never said yes to Jesus. Or maybe you, you've, and you've just been drifted by the things of this world. Maybe you've just been in a losing battle today and, and you took your helmet off. And today you need to put the helmet back on. You need to put that helmet of victory back on today. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. If that's you today, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you. This is between you and Jesus. Thank you. This is your personal declaration of faith today. Yes. Yes. You can just put that hand down. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. And I would just ask this morning that we would help those making the greatest decision of their life today. We'd repeat this prayer this morning. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on that cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins. That you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.